0: Welcome to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Robbinsville. Thank you for joining us. We trust that the teaching of God's Word will speak to you. Wow, wouldn't it be fun to hear the people, the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11 sing that song? It's very different when we sing that song from experience, from a personal relationship with the Lord, and that is what we pray is happening and continuing to happen as we're all on this journey of faith together. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Today, we actually are at the conclusion of our uh, sermon series, Equipped to Walk by Faith, and today I would ask you to turn to the last two verses of Hebrews chapter 11. As we conclude this series today, uh, we're going to be exploring this statement by faith, we obtain a good testimony. It's been really fun to already start out this morning with four individuals publicly professing or testifying to their personal faith in the Lord Jesus. And so I want you to think about uh, this question as we begin How valuable to you personally? is a good testimony how valuable to you is is a is a good witness to something that you're unsure of this word testimony means to bear witness or give a report or a record of something and so um, just think of this for a moment sometimes in life we do things that we're really not sure of we go places we're not sure of sometimes we buy things that we're really not sure of and sometimes we end up saying at the end of the day Oh, that wasn't really a great experience, was it? Probably never going to eat there again. Probably never going to go there again. And sometimes that thing that we bought breaks. And you find yourself saying, man, that was really cheap. That thing wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. And then what we're we're actually saying is this. I wish someone would have told me. I wish someone would have testified to me that that thing or that place or that food or that product really wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Because if I had known then what I know now, I wouldn't have bought it. I wouldn't have went there. I wouldn't have ate it. And so maybe in the most simple way, we could agree that one of the answers to this question is, is simply this. A good testimony gives credibility to something that is that is unknown to us. I, I, I'm a coffee lover, you coffee lovers. If you come up to me and you're like rants, whoa, hey, have you drank coffee from such and such place? And if I haven't, and I know you, and you're like, it's, it's some of the best coffee I've ever drank in the world. What, what am I going to do? What are you going to do if you're a coffee snob? You're, you're going to like, oh, I'm going to go get some coffee from that place because someone I know just gave me a testimony to something I didn't know about. And now I want it because they gave credibility to it. So I'm going to go there. Well, well for me, uh, an, an area that I'm really not really that good at is the area of construction. Some of you, you can build it. You can fix it. You, you can—I mean, you, you can just do it all. It didn't pass down to me. And so, uh, a lot of times when things break at our house, and we have three boys, and a lot of things break, and a lot of things have to get fixed and repaired and built new again and stuff. And so, what I do, what I love to do is I love to go to CM Supply, shout out CM Supply, and and, and I love to walk into those to those guys that work there because I know them, I, I I know their testimony, and I and I believe that they care about me, and I and I can trust them. And so I walk in, I'll be like, look, here's what I'm doing, here's what I got to fix. And they will take me to the aisle and they will say, well, here's, if that's all you're doing, this is, you don't need the $50 thing. You just need the $15 thing. And I'm like, thanks. And other times I'm like, here's what I'm doing. And they go over there and they're like, look, if that's what you need this to do, if that's what you're building, if that's what you're working on, you, you need the $50 thing. Because this thing's not going to hold up. So you need, you need the better product. And you know what? I just It's an area that they have experience and I don't. It's an area they have knowledge and I don't. And so because I personally know some of these guys, they give, I, I give them credibility. Uh, they give credibility to what I'm needing to do because I trust their testimony is a good testimony. It's, it's really helpful in life. But sometimes we don't always have that relationship. Now at church, we want to have that relationship. We want to grow together. We're a relational church for all of you that are visiting with us today. We want to grow together so that we can sharpen one another along this journey to the credibility of God and the way his principles work in our lives. But other times, we're doing something or we're buying something and we don't personally know someone. So think about this. You know that little five-star review up there in the corner? You ever click on that? Anybody? And so, and so, sometimes we're, we're looking to buy stuff online, and 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 the other day I was like, man, I just I just need some earbuds so I can listen to preachers and, and books being read while I'm mowing and weed eating for two or three hours every week. I don't want the $200 earbuds, I just want the $25 ones. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's good, and I didn't. And so I'm going to click on that little. There's 143,000 people have gave, given a testimony to these $25 earbuds. So I'm like. Let me see what they have to say. So when I click on it, it's like, well, seventy-one percent gave it gave them a five-star review. Seventeen percent gave them a four-star review, and I'm like, uh, about 120,000 people have said these buds are four or five stars. But what about what about that little one? That little four percent down there that's like uh-uh, one star, can't trust these. Well, that's about seven thousand people, and I'm like, but. I don't know who to trust. Do you trust the credibility of the 120,000 or the credibility of the of the uh, 7,000? Which which is it? And so you make a guess. You make a gamble and then eventually you find out. But you would agree. Stuff like this means something to us because we give credibility, we put value on our time and on and on our money. Oh, isn't it true that a lot of times the, the world, the unbelieving world, is curious about a God that they don't know. And there's so many religions that say, this is the way to God. No, this is the way to God. No, this is the way to God. And what God is wanting us to do and what he's wanting us to see in, 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 this, in Hebrews 11 is that we, the church, are meant to give witness or be the good testimony to the credibility of an awesome God so that the people that don't know can look in and say, If that's what he's all about, I want in on it. If that's what he will do in my life or in my marriage, if that's the happiness and purpose to which you live, that looks pretty credible to me. And so we're always trying to build relationships with people who don't know God so that they can see and and so that they can witness personally from our lives how awesome he is. And most of us would agree God is misunderstood and he's unknown. And sometimes... And I've certainly been guilty of this many times, and I would say this to any unbeliever. Sometimes the church, sometimes my life, if you follow me home, if you see me in a moment where I'm caught up in my flesh, I will assure you. Mr. Pastor becomes the worst hypocrite ever whenever he's in his flesh and he's mouthing off or he's frustrated. And I can assure you, faith tells me I need to fall on my face and ask for forgiveness because right now I'm giving God a one-star credibility when really he's a five-star. He's all perfect. He's all loving. And he's all good. And so as a church, we want to be reminded that we're in this growing process. And we look back at this Hebrews 11 journey that we've been on for a few months and we're just being real and we're just saying, man, none of them were perfect, but they all pointed to the perfect one. And if they could all testify to us, they would say, God is worthy of your trust. Keep trusting him. And so what I'd like you to do is kind of with this big idea in mind, please stand with me in reverence and honor for the reading of God's word in Hebrews chapter 11 as we give personal witness to the infallibility, the inspiration of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 says this in verse number 39 and all of these that we've been studying and talking about, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for letting us be here. We thank you for the testimony of those four individuals this morning to the, go- to the gospel. We thank you that according to this text, you would allow us to continue to bring to completion the faith of so many who have walked before us pointing to Jesus. And so, Father, we ask as a church that we would reap from the study in this season of Hebrews 11. Help us to see and to celebrate what you're doing and what you're desiring to do in our lives as we choose to walk by faith. Bless the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So when I look back over Hebrews chapter 11, one of the themes that I continue to see coming up that we're going to explore this morning are are these, these three words that point us to discomfort. They point us to a place that's just really unknown. And here it is, direction, provision, and protection. When you look back on Hebrews 11, here's what seems to be true of every life back then and even for us today. The direction that our lives are going and the future of our lives, we don't don't know. We don't know what that looks like. All we know is the here and now, and God has called us to trust God with the here and now and let him make the path for us to follow. The provision, how's God going to provide? How's he going to take care of you? How's he going to take care of us? How is God going to give me and you what we need in order to do what he's directing us to do? Often again, that's unknown. And then finally, protection. Is this safe? It, it is the, the call to follow Jesus, we see this over and over again, and we certainly saw this at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, whenever you see verse 30, 34, some escape the edge of the sword, but then you go down there to verse, the middle of verse 37, others were slain with the sword and were reminded over and over and over that protection in, in our eyes can sometimes look very different from protection in God's eyes. So is this safe? Is, am I going to be secure along this journey if I stand up and live out my faith? What are people going to say? What are they going to do? Is this, is this safe for my life and those that are, that are around me, my family? And so let's, what I'd like to do this morning is just step back and talk about How these three areas will always be areas that are unknown in our future. And there are three areas that God gives us the opportunity to trust Him so that He can work and do powerful things to give you and I a good witness to people who don't know God and who don't know their direction, their provision, or their protection either. And so let's just step back and let's start with direction. What does it mean to say by faith we trust God for direction? If, if someone said, hey, I want God's will for my life. I want God to direct my steps, to guide my path. That's, wouldn't we all agree that's, that's an awesome thing? That should be the profession of faith that we're all making. I want God's will for my marriage, for parenting, for school. I want to know what it looks like to let my faith shine this year on, on the football team or the wrestling team or whatever. But sometimes someone may say... But here's the problem I keep running into. It's really hard. The world keeps pressuring in on me and, and the influence of the world. You know what? Sometimes it just seems impossible to know what it looks like for God to direct my life and, and, to, and to live for him. And you know what? I, what we could say, we could say, hey, remember the testimony, the good testimony of Noah. Do you remember how before Noah did a work for God, he was already walking with God? When we look at the testimony of Noah, we could say it's absolutely possible to walk in a time when the world was wicked and the world was evil and Noah didn't fit in, Noah stood out. And you could say with all confidence to to yourself, to your friend, to your family, if you want to walk by faith and trust God's direction for your life, get ready to stand out, not fit in. Because God is, a, God is like a fish swimming upstream, because any old dead fish can float downstream, but God is full of life, and God's going, God is going to move against the current of the world. Are you willing to let God make your life a life that stands out rather than fits in, a life that is light in a dark world? Well, let's say someone said, you know, I don't see the need for God's direction in my life. Everything's comfortable. But I'll be honest, I do want that. I would say you know what let's remember the good testimony of Abraham everything was comfortable at Ur of the Chaldeans everything was fine he was safe he was secure this huge city he was prosperous and then Hebrews 11:8 reminds us of what happened in the book of Genesis by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place to which he would receive an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going it was unknown God, I'm following you. I hear you calling and I'm going to go, but I don't know where we're going to go. I, I'm on board. I'm willing. Let's go. Let's, but but where, where are we going? And now look, go back up to the middle of the verse. To the place which he would receive as an inheritance. God knew exactly where he was going to go. in. God knew exactly where he was taking Abraham, and Abraham didn't know, but God did know. And God's saying, Look, I'll be there when you get there. In fact, I'll go with you along the way and I'll follow you from behind. Abraham, let's go, pack it up, and let's, we're going to live in tents, not cities. So we would agree that the walk of faith, if I want God's direction for my life, it's going to mean, at times, he's going to call me out of my comfort zone. He might call me away from things that I'm familiar with, and my family, sometimes it may be my family, sometimes it may be my friends, some of you are here, and you're a long way from your family. And God's saying, but that's where I'm calling you And this, and it's for your faith. I want to take you deeper with me. And I want your testimony to be a witness to others who don't know me but are searching for me. Man, what a good God. But then there's other times when someone may say, I want God's will for my life, but I feel trapped. Trapped where I'm at. I feel like I feel like I have no way to turn. I, I feel like I'm stuck, and I feel like I've made so many bad decisions that even if I wanted to begin to walk by faith and follow God's leading for my life, I wouldn't even know where to start, and no one would really take me serious. You know what? That was very true for Rahab, wouldn't it? But Rahab is in Hebrews 11. She has a good testimony of faith. And if we, if we look at the bottom of the screen at Hebrews 11.31, think about this. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. In order for Rahab to follow the direction for her life, she needed God's provision. She needed some God to send someone on a rescue mission to come in and get her. And in fact, God did. He sent in two spies. They didn't know they were on a rescue mission. But do you, do you know that sometimes you may be that spy that God is sending in? Sometimes you may be the provision that someone is looking for. They're searching for God. They have answers. And God says, look, let me let your car break down so you can have that, that conversation at the auto mechanic shop. Let me redirect where you're getting your insurance and send you down here to Cody. And you and Cody and somebody sitting there is going to have this new great conversation about Jesus. Shout out. But look, God, we, I, want, I want us to believe that God works this way. Those spies didn't know they were going in to rescue Rahab. They were just going in to spy out the land. But remember, Jericho didn't need spies to fall down. They just needed an army of God's people to march around it for seven days, right? And then it fell down. The spies were God's provision for Rahab because God saw her faith. Because she had heard about the God of Israel. And we don't know what went on in her, in her mind. But we know before she ever met the spies, she was already putting her faith in God. And she wanted... His will for her life. And God sent the spies. So sometimes we think of provision just as like finances and food, which it is. But sometimes it's not a what. It's a who. Think about Noah. God said, look, look. You're going to build an ark. And let's just be real. If you're Noah, I'm like, who's going to help me? I mean, really? I mean, who's going to help me build the ark? Who's going to help me with the plans? I mean, you gave me this great layout. It's going to be this long and this wide. But, I mean, really, where's the details at? Because there's a lot of details, God. So isn't it cool that God provided for Noah? Noah had to walk by faith for 100 years, and God provided for him the help he needed to build the ark. Do you know that God wants to put people in your life and my life Friendships, relationships to be the help that we need in this faith journey. Think about Abraham and Sarah. They were childless all these years and God kept saying, look, 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 you're going to have children and your children's going to be more in number than the scars in the sky. Look at the scars. Look at the stars again. Okay, tomorrow night, look at them again. Yeah, that's going to be your kids. I mean, if you're Abraham and Sarah, you're like, okay, well, you know, kind of need a baby, don't we? But in God's way and in God's timing, Sarah could testify Isaac was born. And Sarah and Abraham could tell you, man, we made a lot of faithless mistakes along the way. But we kept learning to trust God and God provided. And he did it in a way that's miraculous. What about Moses? What about when God was Speaking to Moses in the burning bush, and, and Moses, you're gonna you're going go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You know, God, he's, he's, I mean, he is the most powerful person in the world, pretty much, kind of, sort of, you know. Uh, Moses, you're gonna go tell him, let my people go. Well, um, you, you know, this thing going on with my speech, I have a speech impediment, I, 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 have, I have trouble standing in front of people. I get shy. I have a problem speaking. Hey, Moses, quit making excuses. Look, I've already sent Aaron. He's on his way to meet you. He will help speak for you. God provides people. God provides who's, not what's often in our lives in order to do the work that he's calling us to do because we're willing to say yes and follow his lead. Can you just Can you just imagine? the testimony of these individuals. Could I just say this for a moment? Could I just say, can I just give a shout out to all the nursery workers? I want you to think about this. Those of you that used to have kids, you know, some of us who have young kids, can I just give a shout out to nursery workers? What it's like to be up all weekend, you know, sometimes with your kid, he or she's fussy and crying, and then you just, you barely make it to church on time, and it's like, oh my goodness, I get to go sit in Sunday school here take my child. And really think about this. I think nursery workers are going to be some of the most celebrated, rewarded people in eternity. Because you became not the what but the who that provided parents. The opportunity just to sit down for a minute on a really hard weekend. Sit under the teaching of God and just be, just be poured into and poured into. And, 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 and some of you are sitting here right now because there's people in the nursery back there. And, and they're not what's but they're who's and they're caring for the little ones. Man, they're going to be so celebrated. And they are God's way of providing maybe what someone needs this morning in this sanctuary. Isn't that awesome? You know, I I was reading this and I just couldn't help to think about the way sometimes people are just willing to give or they're willing to serve or they're just willing to go out of their way to encourage somebody or pray for somebody and it changes that person's whole day. And I was thinking about Abraham when he was in Salem and he met the king of Salem and, and just for no reason at all, God didn't say, Abraham, tithe. Abraham just decided, you know what? I, I, I want to give a tenth of all that I have to the king of Salem, the king of peace. Abraham had no idea that years down the road he would be sacrificing Isaac on Mount Moriah, which would be overlooking the city of Salem, which would one day be renamed Jerusalem, the city of peace. And, and just, and we don't know how Abraham's resources blessed Melchizedek. But we know that he gave and that he was a part of God's provision at that time. So could could I just say how awesome it is? Can I just say this in a really graceful way? How awesome it is when people choose to give to the church and to give faithfully to the church. Because God knows and we know sometimes, sometimes that's a tough decision of faith. Because sometimes there's this thing in the world... That we want to do and we want to have or, and we want to go. And, and sometimes we make this commitment and it's like, ah, but the commitment robs me of what I want to do this month. And God's saying, trust me anyway. And, 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 and I don't have a clue who gives and who doesn't. And I don't have a clue how much or how little anyone gives. But can I just say... How often it is to be on the receipt to hear people testify online, sometimes in a private message, sometimes in a phone call, and they say the ministries of this church is 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 God is speaking to me. It's helping me. It's, it was just what I needed that day. And we're like, Hallelujah! Do you know that that abounds to your account? Because when you're providing resources for the church to do all that that God is asking the church to do, you are participating in the flow-through of God's provision for people who are searching for an unknown God. And they're asking for help and guidance in their life. Someone told me just the other day, I have have all the means to just pack up and move to Robbinsville. Because I just want to be a church like that. I just watch online every week. And I'm like, hallelujah, come on. You know, whatever God wants to do, we want, we want to encourage you just to do, be where he wants you to be and do what he wants you to do. And, and, and could I just say, man, it's, it's one day in heaven, I think, I think we're going to discover just how much God allowed us to be a part of whenever we made walking by faith practical part of our lives and we find out man God was providing spiritually physically financially ask Ethan and Sarah what this last year has been like to receive financially from this church to do the apprenticeship ask Frank and Jasmine what it's like to be receiving on the receiving end when they stepped away from their jobs in faith and then this church provided a means for them to do the apprenticeship program but you know what lastly we could say this not only is it tough sometimes to wonder where something is going to be provided from, whether it's physical or financial or whether it's, just, whether it's spiritual. Sometimes, let's just be honest, protection, security is a tough thing. By faith, we trust God for protection. Well, that's a lot easier said than done, though, isn't it? How many of you, I, I'm not going to ask you how many of you love to camp, but I could say, I wonder how many people in this room, the first time you ever went camping... Every time you heard something move in the night, you're like, it's a bear. I know it. It's a bear, and we're going to die. And, and, and the only bear that's ever migrated from Alaska is a grizzly bear. It's outside of my tent, and it starved to death, and it smells me. And you had a sneaker bar hidden in your sleeping bag? Come on. I mean, really. We, it's like we were created... To be scared of, of, you know, of, of dying or suffering or bad things happening, and, and so this, this whole idea of trusting God for protection, it encompasses this idea of suffering. Sometimes it's just simply what people are going to say about you. I mean, just come to this church and go tell everybody you went to this church. It's coming. It's, it's, it, am, I, am I right? Am I wrong? It's, sometimes Sometimes it's just you publicly professing, look, I want to do what God wants me to do and be where he wants me to be. I want to serve him. People are like, you're yeah, right. I remember, I remember when I was a teacher, uh, a young man on the football team trusted Christ one, one night. And the next day, everybody in the school was telling him, you'll never make it. You can't do it. You, you have went too far to ever even think about living for Christ. I mean, he was beat to death. And I was like, Lord, put people in his life to protect him, to provide for him, to wrap their arms around him, to encourage him, to teach him the word. And and so this just comes with with all sorts of um, accusations, and certainly it puts our lives at risk, as we saw again at the end of Hebrews 11. I wonder if we could just interview Noah for a moment and just say, Noah, Noah, really, be honest with me, Noah. Was there a time, I mean, when it had rained for 39 days, I mean, come on, did, you, did it ever cross your mind, man, I mean, eventually the boat's going to flood. I mean, eventually, is this ever going to stop? Are we just going to, you know, kind of drown out here? Noah, be honest, was there ever a moment when you had been on that ark for like, a, you know, 300 days that you were like, man, what if it starts leaking I mean, I thought it would hold up pretty good, but, you know, it's been, it's, been a, it's been 300 days. I mean, really, did you ever think for a moment, this thing's going to start leaking? And, and what was it like to pray to God? God, we're on this boat. We're on board with you. We're on this ark, and we want to be where you want us to be. We want to do what you want us to do. Right now, we ain't got nowhere to go. So wherever this ark lands, that's where we'll be. But until then, we're just going to trust you, and we're going to trust your protection, over us, I wonder what it was like if we could just talk with Sarah, and hear her good testimony, and just hear what was it like those two times Abraham said you were his sister, and then you're kind of getting taken away by family, by Abraham, brother, you, you know, and it's like you, you, you were taken into another man's home. I mean, really, were you were you ever scared of what those men were going to do to you when Abraham called you his sister because he was afraid for his life? Uh, Sarah, what was it like when God stepped in and gave dreams and stirred the hearts of those other men and they didn't lay a hand on you? I mean, did you come away raising a hallelujah? I kind of hear Sarah raising a hallelujah, don't you? And then I I just kind of wonder, what was it like for Moses? You watch all those plagues happen. And Pharaoh says, go, 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 go into the wilderness. Serve your God. Have your feast. Go. And then you get to the Red Sea and you look back. And here's this army coming at you. And you start hearing the, the, you know, people running their mouths. And they're like, God brought us out here to die. You, you know, was that tough? I mean, was there a moment, Moses, for just a moment that you thought, man, they all did something wrong. I mean, we're about to be slaughtered out here by the Red Sea. And then that storm comes down and stops them. And then the Red Sea parts. And then you get to the other side. And you just watch, watch God just crush them. What was it like to say, He's a protector. He takes care of his people. And and, and when he's done taking care of his people, he takes us home. And that was the big climactic message. I don't know about you, but my life just changed. That last sermon that Ben preached. Those last two paragraphs of Hebrews 11. That sometimes deliverance looks this way. Everything gets better and you get out and you're okay. But other times it looks this way. God gives the strength to endure the suffering, and then God takes us home to an eternal, secure, protected place forever with him. And so faith teaches us to change our view of protection. And so could I just touch on an area that, if we're honest, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you just have some kind of person in your life that you remotely think of as a child, let's just be honest. This is a tough area. Because you wonder, if I follow, if I walk by faith, or, or we're, we can be tempted to in our flesh, is this going to put my child at risk? If I start having people in my home for life groups which are coming up, we want you to grab a survey on your way out. If you're interested in life groups, we want you to, to grab a survey and, and fill out uh, read some of those details and fill it out and turn it back in. Um, if you would, those are available in the back, yeah? Yes. And so if, you know, if, if you're feeling the nudge to get plugged into Sunday school or life groups, but then there's this reality. Hold, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, you know, everybody in America is freaking out right now and a lot of people are scared and a lot of people are worried. I get that. I get that. Um, but what, what, what if, what if, and then you just fill in that blank. Oh, God's telling me I need to grow. I need to be plugged in. I need to be getting relational with people. And here's one of those opportunities to do that. But, but what if, what if? What if? And, and, and so we want, we want to walk by faith and have wisdom at the same time. But let's just be real. When it comes to our children, it's like, I don't want to put my children in danger. So can I encourage us all? This is for me. This is for you. This is for you. Psalm 112 is so powerful. Ben shared this with me years ago. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. In other words, blessed is the man who walks by faith and says, "God, I will live in reverence of you, in all of you. I want to delight in you, and if I'm delighted in you, I will delight to do your commandments, And your word tells me, my descendants will be warriors on this earth." You know what? Let's be real. Sometimes, as parents, we might think, man, what is it going to look like when my child is a teenager, when my child's in their 20s or 30s? With the way the America's going, the way the world's going, I'm worried. I'm afraid. I'm stressed out. And faith keeps saying, don't worry about it. Delight in God, follow God, and you will raise warriors in your home. That's what I want to claim. That's what I want this church. To, I, I, I want in 10 or 15 or 20 years, I want people to say, my goodness, look what's coming out of First Baptist Church. Warriors, they're not afraid to share their faith. They're not afraid to stand up for what's right. They're not afraid to hold their life to principles that God says are his principles. They want to share the gospel with people. They're eager and full of joy in their marriage, and and they raise their kids with purpose. I want to grab hold of Psalm 112, and I want to say, Lord, write it on my heart. Write it on my heart When, when it's hard to be a dad, when it's hard to be a mom or a grandparent on the difficult days. Write this on my heart, and let it be true, and let the children reap the overflow. Amen? Protection. And so we could go on and on and on and talk about David and Goliath. That's kind of sometimes I like to listen to King Darius, you know, open up that, that lion's den and say, Daniel, has your God protected you? Did he save you? Was he able to, to deliver you, Daniel? All's good, King. All's good. My God is awesome. He shut the lion's mouth. And, and so, you know, we just we want our faith to be stirred, we want our faith going forward to be like that because here's the reality. Here's the reality. There's a verse in the book of he- in Hebrews 11. It's not actually in Hebrews 11, but Hebrews 11 is kind of t- pointing us to this. So I'm going to kind of make up a verse, but I'm not really saying it's a Bible verse. You with me? And so I call it the zero star testimony. You ready? For lack of faith, the children of Israel became thankful for nothing, complained about everything, and worried about God's direction, provision, and protection for 40 years while wandering in the wilderness. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that nowhere in Hebrews 11, nowhere is the children of Israel that wandered around? They're never even mentioned. Isn't it interesting? It goes from from Moses to, to, to Joshua and Jericho. It just skips 40 years right there. And I'm like, man, who would really want their family, their life, or their church to be that testimony? Isn't it true, though? Isn't it true? Think of this. Sometimes you get online or sometimes you go to work and somebody's just ranting, they're complaining, they're unthankful. Really, that's, is it, it, that's their testimony. That is their testimony to the credibility of whatever or whoever their faith is in. Is it not? And so I, I, I was clicking on, this, uh, on, these, on these earbuds. I was like, let me read some of these one-star. Let me read some of these one-star testimonies. And this one person said, I put them on, I turned them on, and then I stuck my head in the water to see if they were waterproof and they stopped working one star i mean really isn't it true that sometimes people are like i tried church i tried the church thing i tried the jesus thing i went to bible study god didn't show up in my life like he did your life god didn't give me the joy and the peace in your life like or in my life like he did your life isn't it true that sometimes people do exactly what jesus said to satan don't tempt the lord your god and just stick their head in the water, and, and and somewhere in there, they're like, "I didn't get electrocuted, though." And I'm like, "Well, they're battery powered, but you, you know, I mean." And so they're like, "I'm done. These are one star. Isn't it true though that sometimes the church can just well, God didn't do what I wanted Him to do, and just give God a one star rating of credibility?" But man, I just want to close by just saying this: a good testimony gives credibility to Jesus, who is unknown to so many. I don't know what unknown you might be battling with right now. Maybe it's the direction for your life. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's a home thing. Maybe that vehicle broke again and again. Maybe it's a bill that just keeps coming up. Maybe, maybe it's just I'm worried and afraid about everything that's happening in America. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me or my family. And you know what? God has given us these unknowns So that we can have opportunity to grab a hold of a God who can be known. So that we can say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you no matter what. And I want you to give a credible witness through my life to to people who don't know Jesus. Let that be the battle cry of the church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. For Hebrews 11, we thank you for these witnesses, these testimonies, and we ask right now that you would stir the faith of your people, that you would help us to evaluate areas in my life, areas in our lives where where, where maybe trusting you or following you isn't our first priority. Lord, I pray that you'd tear down those walls and that you would raise up a generation in this church full of faith. And that we would welcome the unknowns in our lives. And we would give thanks for the unknowns in our life. Seeing that they give us the opportunity to look to you and rely upon you. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you were encouraged by the teaching of God's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about our church, you can find us at www.robinsvillefbc.org or call the office at 828-479-3423. God bless you and have a great day.